Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, awaken the consciousness. Benny, we're almost at the end of March Madness. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. I actually kind of forgot all about it because it's opening day for the Mariners. <laughs> Go Mariners! It's your year! We say that every yeah. year, though. <laughs> we say it every year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's their year, though, don't you think? Maybe this year? Uh, man, you know, we went to the playoffs last year, and the first time in, gosh, what was it, 20, I believe, 20-plus years. And so this is that ball. We're rolling it. We're getting it bigger. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with that, and <laughs> yeah. You know, considering everything that's going on, like we just went through the astrological new year. So I call it the new year. And so I'm I'm supporting you. Good. I thank you. Definitely supporting. I you. can totally feel it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I told you that I, I you know, I was doing a, a class one time and and, um, and I hate to say it was the Seahawks playing. Excuse me. Oh, no, they're fine, too. The We've Mariners. got great draft picks coming up, so we can talk to them when they're ready. So well, People wanted <laughs> to good. know if I could send Reiki to them, and I went, Ooh. I think it's cheating, but let's do it. <laughs> Not and then they... They, won, they won the game. So anyway, right. I'm just saying. Oh, you did a little secret uh, Reiki action. We, we All right. Just little, you know, like whatever's for the highest good of the team. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'm sure they all loved it. Anyway, yeah, I bet, I bet they did. Anyway, everybody listening, we've got a little bit of sunshine yeah. out there Peeking in through. Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's it's um, spring, so it could be sunny and then snowy and then rainy and right. then windy. <laughs> we consider <laughs> that a potpourri of weather. Yeah, potpourri of weather. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't had a tsunami, so I don't want to bring anything in. No, so, no, anyway, no, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, it's out there. It's happening. So, anyway, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater uh, Seattle area for the last 28 years. That's hard to believe. I do have a Reiki Masterclass coming up on Saturday, April 8th. You have to have taken Reiki 1 and 2 to be part of that class. And um, Sunday Meditation with Loretta is um, on Sunday mornings at 11. If you can't join us, sign up. I'll send you a recording of the meditation. And then I have my class for women which will meet Saturday, April 22nd. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com. Sign up for everything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. And if you want to go to Egypt on a sacred trip, send me an email. Send it to ReikiOasis at gmail.com. October 30 to November 14 could be a life-changing trip for you. And, oh, you know, we always have so much fun. So I, I've got a great show today. We're going to talk a lot about health before I... Uh, bring uh, Dr. Loken on the show. I want to give a little astrology check-in. We are coming to the end of March and ah, man, there is so much happening astrologically. It's hard to cover all the points, but um, I just want to say, remember that we are at a very pivotal time on our earth. We are here to help be a part of that change. And oh gosh, you know, I, I, sound like a broken record all the time, but it is about love. It's about trying to figure out how to live from the heart and to work together and try to get over all that divisive energy if we can do it in some way. If you're feeling a little lost in, in this uh, adjustment of new energies, um, astrologer Michael Luton says, if you can't be sure whether you're finally getting it together or hysterically falling completely apart, you're both right. Yep, that's how it's going. So this past week, yeah, 
<laughs> Monday, March 25th, Mars finally moved out of Gemini, where it had been since August of 2022. Mars, fiery sign, Gemini, mind your mind. And so that's a really long time for Mars to stay in one sign. And Gemini can activate that inner voice or the outer voice. So you might have noticed people or even yourself having a desire to speak up more. I've got to speak my truth, right? And uh, man, I could do a whole show on that, you know, because we can sometimes go a little overboard with that. And then sometimes we don't speak our truth, even if we want to. So recognize that we're moving now into a different area. Mars is moving into Cancer, which is watery and um, reflective and might just bring us to a different place in, inside ourselves. So take a look at your feelings of motivation, your energy levels, and how you have been approaching your fears because most people have been stuck in anger, <laughs> anger, anger, anger. And huh, maybe we could, I don't know, exhale. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Logan has some advice for us a little bit later in the show. So hang around, right? And then a couple of days ago, we had a rare lineup of planets, a parade of planets, Mars, Venus, Uranus, Mercury, and Jupiter, all lined up in the sky. And of course, maybe some of you <laughs> were able to see the sky and some were looking at clouds, but it was up there. And it's just um, my oversimplified astrology. It's kind of helping us get our ducks in a row for what's coming up. Today, March 30th, we have a wonderful, wonderful lineup. Venus is conjunct Uranus and Taurus. This is the sign of radical love. <gasps> How can you take this energy and fuel some radical love? Maybe it's self-love. Maybe you need to make up with somebody. Maybe you need to nurture yourself or that relationship. And so stay open to the possibilities of the heart today because love can be found in the most surprising and unlikely places under this placement. Coming from directions you might not have even seen it coming from. Huh? I used to tell my kids sometimes, get over here and get your loving, right? <laughs> I don't know. They'd say, you can't, you can't force it. I go, well, yeah, but I can, I can send it, right? You're going to do what you want to do with it. As we leave Mar uh, March, yeah, Mars, yeah, that's about right. Um, be a little bit careful. We have a Mercury, Jupiter, Chiron conjunction in Aries, and that can trigger violence. And uh, like I say, remain stable, you know, stand on your own two feet. You, you know what's going on. Um, don't get pushed around by all that stuff out there. And Pluto has moved into Aquarius. It's going to dip into Aquarius, give us a little taste of that move back into Capricorn and then go fully into Aquarius. And I, I want to say we're excited about that. It Pluto does not move quickly. It will be, it moves once every 20 to 25, maybe even 30 years, right? It takes a long time for it to move. And uh, I want to remind everybody, like I've been saying, I got a common theme today. We are sensitive people. We're humans, right? We're sensitive and we, we like the goodness of things, but this this movement of Pluto into, into Aquarius has a has a dark side. It's got a shadow side. It is the energy of revolution, evolution, and progress. And the dark side is that it could get us, it's an air sign, Aquarius wants to do things in a new way. My advice is don't forget about the heart. As we move forward with technology or innovations or new way of doing things, 
uh, don't throw everything out, right? You, you bring the things along with you that you know are, are good. And I think we are going to be challenged to to uh, stay in our hearts and do things from a bold place there. And uh, it does take courage to uh, come from that area of ourself. And then April, we're going to go into a massive eclipse season. I'll talk more about that next week. First half of April um, brings a lot of stuff. And then, then that eclipse season starts hitting around the 19th, 20th of April. And um, it's going to bring in some transformational energy. So just, just be ready for it. So anyway, that, <laughs> there's good and bad. I feel like my astrology report was kind of like the weather report. There's a plethora of all kinds of things and where do we fit in there? So my guest today, Dr. Jason Loken, so excited to have him on the show. He's a researcher, a lecturer, an author, a naturopathic doctor, osteopathic manual practitioner, and a host of Inspire Health podcast. With 25 years of experience in the health and wellness industry, he's a naturopathic doctor who integrates standard medical diagnostics with a broad range of natural therapies, including diet, lifestyle changes, meditation, yoga, retreats, and he has developed a natural first aid kit essential for every family and written a great book called Nature Care Soul Lutions. Regain the confidence to care for yourself and your family. Welcome to the show, Dr. Loken. Oh, thanks for having me, Loretta. It's great to be on. I, I think it's really great. I um, I I got a copy of of your of your ebook here, Nature Care Solutions, and um, man, I got to tell you, like I have so many questions, so many things I want to cover with you. <laughs> Um, that I hardly know where to begin. If you could please introduce yourself a little bit better to the audience than I did, and what led you into what it is that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big story all on its own. But um, I mean, I I became a naturopathic doctor just through my own challenges. So as I was growing up, I was like the the classic bubble boy kid where I was allergic to everything and I was on a Ventolin inhaler and I was on my nasal sprays because I couldn't breathe properly. And I ended up in like the hospital in the oxygen tent every once in a while, I think. And being a parent now, like just knowing how scary that would have been for my parents at the time. And <clears throat> that stuff just wasn't getting better. I remember seeing the allergist when I was a little kid and you know, they do the skin pricks and like my whole body swelled up. He said, you're the worst kid I've seen in 15 years. So um, it was kind of, that was what my life was like very much. And I was still really active and I did sports. I did all this stuff, but it's like, I just had to be very aware of what I would eat because certain foods would swell right up and um, have to have an EpiPen with me and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I was in my early twenties when I actually saw a naturopathic physician and they went through everything and it literally just completely transformed my life. Within about a year, all of my allergies just started to just disappear. Um, I didn't need my inhalers anymore or my nasal sprays. And it was at that point that I really knew what I wanted to do. So that was then what sort of segued me into actually finishing everything up and then going and doing naturopathic medicine out, out here in Canada. And, um, in that whole experience, I mean, prior to that, I was a registered massage therapist and uh, did my degree in kinesiology. And then I, so it's, it's like been a, a, a 
a transition, but it was in naturopathic school that I really got immersed to so much stuff and including osteopathy. Osteopathy in, in Canada is related with more the British College of Osteopathy and the French school. And so it's a five-year program that's um, really hands-on. So everything is all very hands-on work. It's the integration of things like cranial sacral therapy and visceral manipulation and um, strain counter strain and all these different facets that um, sometimes people will have experience with but it got it all kind of amalgamated together so that was kind of how i ended up in healthcare and the natural side of things was just through my own experience for the yeah. book though yeah yeah go ahead yeah. So for the book we we were actually in mexico for close to a year with our kids and we went out there and and um just wanted to change a pace from where Canada was. This was about uh, a year ago. And we were out there and we met a ton of other families. That was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world at the time. And a lot of people were kind of moving all over the place. And we met a lot of wonderful families, but a lot of people had literally got up and just moved to somewhere different. And we ended up in a community where I kind of became sort of like the the primary person like people be coming to our apartment from the community and I'd be working with, oh, my kid's got an earache or they've got a sinus infection or a fever or just got bit by a spider. What do we do? And we had developed a fairly extensive um, sort of travel kit, natural travel kit, just from traveling with our kids for so long. And so we became kind of there a lot doing this kind of work. And my wife said to me, she goes, wow, she goes, this is really important. Like people need to learn some of the fundamentals and know when to outsource, but know how to do so many things on their own. Because a lot of it, you can do tons of stuff on your own naturally, if you just know what to do and you are prepared and you have the stuff with you. So a lot of the mama bears I was working with there all were asking <laughs> me too, if I would, um, create something when I got back and, uh, and put it together. So I literally came back and probably within about three months, I put together the whole book and, um, and broke it down. And we're actually in the process. That's going to become an, I think an eight week online course where I'm going to walk oh, people excellent. through the whole process, um, and develop a community so people can actually support each other and learn more about the whole process. Well, um, thank you. I love everything you just said. And uh, as a Reiki practitioner, and of course, I, I do a whole lot of other things, like I do a lot with mental health. Um, I think that, like, I, I read through this and I went, this, this what you've put together, in my opinion, is giving power back to people in their own right. Like, okay, so I grew up and we would have home remedies, right? And grandma always had, I don't know what was going on with yep. grandma. She always had these dried herbs on the shelf or something. Whatever the grandma's new. <laughs> yeah, grandma's new. They, they'd go out and, I don't know, get bear grease and plastered on you or something. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that. But, you know, that stuff really worked. And probably one of the reasons why I was drawn into, you know, energy medicine, kind of complementary care, alternative therapies. So uh, I'm blown away by your story, especially here you are, the, the typical bubble boy. And within a year, within a year, you had you had helped your body reclaim itself, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like I have so much I could say. I mean, one thing I'll just say it and please comment on anything because you're you're the expert here. I've always believed that the body has the ability to heal itself. It knows how to make itself well. And we get in the way. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, we get in the way. Yeah. Um, was your 
um, healing journey, I mean, diet had to have been a part of that, you know, I don't know if you want to add any more to that or not, but I'm kind of blown away. Like what happened? Yeah. For, well, it's like, as you know, Loretta, and when you start to really understand health, it's like, it's many bodies of health. There's different dimensions to health. So at that point, I mean, I was in my twenties and I mean, I was fortunate. I, I grew up doing martial arts and our, our martial arts instructor was really ahead of the game, brilliant guy. And so when we were kids, we would get together for a weekend and do like a touch for health seminar where we would actually get together and you're learning how to do applied kinesiology and run meridians and, and do acupressure points on each other so that we could tune each other up before competition. So I got exposed to stuff like that really early on, just, just around the idea that the body can heal itself. And um, that's a, a tenant of naturopathic medicine. It's a, an absolutely true. Most of time, our job is to remove the obstacles that are getting in the way or like a kink in the hose that's not letting that vital energy and that vital force move through the body, which knows what to do better than we can intellectualize it. When some of those blocks can be on any of those levels. For me at the time, a lot of it was tied to, I think, diet and also different different array of different um, remedies. So I did different herbal remedies. I did different homeopathic remedies. And it was in that process, you, you even, it's almost like as soon as you dive in anywhere and really want to take your health back, you get aha moments through the process too. So even in the way and this kept expanding over the years was even just how I was interacting in all different areas and how I kept creating my own blocks in my natural healing ability, yeah. you know, through my, the way I was thinking through the emotions that I would harbor, all of those different things play into it as well. Um, at the initial part though, it was really a lot of dietary change was a huge one. I think healing my gut, I had lots of troubles with the gut, yeah. um, working with, you know, issues of just oversensitivities in the immune system that were related to allergies and how my body was processing that. So all of that stuff just started to, I mean, it was really fascinating because I was literally a daily person having to take, like I couldn't go for a run without needing to take a shot of Ventolin, right? Um, or having to be on antihistamines almost daily because I was so blocked up. And it was literally just over a course of about a year, it just gradually disappeared. And then I remember one day sitting there going, I haven't had to use anything for a while. I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to have to again, you know? And it's funny, um, to this day though, still, if something comes up that, is beyond the physical for me. That's that's more me processing something. I will still find that sort of my chink in my armor is sort of I think the asthma and the sinus stuff. That's sort of my my whatever whatever reason that I came in here with. That's sort of one of my chinks in the armor. So it's like if something's going to tell me something that I need to look farther into, I'll usually feel it in that area. And then that takes me a bit more on the next journey of, okay, what else do I need to process? What else have I missed? What else is coming up? Yeah, I, I'm such a firm believer that everything's related to everything, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know, sometimes people are like, did I have a thought, Loretta? Is that what it, what it was? And I go, well, maybe it could have just been a breeze blowing by. I don't know, right? So maybe it's that stuff out there, right? So <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah, there's the, you, you have your little chink in the armor, you know, which keeps you humble, maybe. Yeah, keeps me honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it keeps you honest. Um, so 
I just want to kind of preface what we're going to say with this because it's so loud in my head right now. You know, through the last few years, we've been going through this health scare in a very big way. And it has, in, in my opinion, has raised uh, fear to the forefront of a lot of people to where I have felt this um, imbalance in people. Like, like, you know, they're like, do you have a runny nose? You know, stay away, right? You know, do you have an upset tummy? You know, don't get near me. And um, so I, I just want to say this to people listening. Your book, Nature Care Solutions, and I'm so excited you're going to have an eight-week online course because it will bring us back into, in my opinion, give us some basic things to where, like, when that starts to happen, we have some kind of a symptom of an imbalance in our in our you know, we don't start to freak out and we've got some place to reach. So I just want to kind of lay that out there uh, because I think one of the biggest things you do is you help alleviate fear. You give people some tools. And that's, uh, that's actually a lot. Of, and very much that was the premise of why I wanted to even create it. It was a combination of helping people to mitigate the worry and the fear so that they've got something that they know they can do. And, and also to, you know, we're so used to outsourcing so many things in our lives nowadays. And, and there's a lot of stuff that we can do ourselves. And so health is one of those ones that we've kind of really outsourced. Like you had mentioned grandma, you know, a lot of my patients that were, you know, older patients or their grandparents from either like Eastern Europe or yeah. from Asia, they just knew what to do. They, and probably because they had to. So they learned how to do certain things and they knew how to manage many things on their own. And we've just kind of lost it through the busyness of life. And we've, we've just continually outsourced it to the point that I think we've outsourced it too far. And we've actually, we need to reclaim that power to heal again. And that's even, I've even changed the name of the book. It's called Nature Care Solutions, Reclaim Your Power to Heal. Because I think at the heart of it, that's really what I want people to embody. And the beauty of that is that when, when parents take that on for their family and they really step into that role of the primary caregiver for their kids, the kids pick up on that. It, it's such yeah. a powerful thing. And the kids then, they pick up on the confidence of the parents and the lack of fear from the parents. And that turns on their ability to heal, like it amplifies it. We know that fear shuts down the immune system. So yeah. all of this was really designed to create that environment for healing because you can't heal in an environment of fear very easily. No. And, and I'm also a firm believer in the basics. And you bring that out to like sunshine, fresh air, for goodness sakes. Go take your shoes off and run around in the earth, right? You know, this kind of thing. And, uh, uh, and forgive me, everybody, you know, my hobby horse. And please, that thing that's stuck on your face, that screen, maybe you could move that away, right? <laughs> There's that. So uh, let's get into your wonderful book here. I, I just want to tell people, like, as far as I'm concerned, you should get this and then have it right there on hand because your chapters are lovely. You have things like chapter one is tummy troubles, chapter two, cold flu and immune support and, and so forth. So um, let's kind of jump in. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I'm not going to go through everything because I want people to just get a taste, right? But let's start with chapter one and tummy troubles. And I want to remind people that you do have children and I have children and and this is this is just great. So constipation, diarrhea, upset tummy. 
Yeah, I mean, those are those are really the main ones you're going to run into um, <laughs> in digestion. But the ones that and a lot of times when this was kind of like for families when you travel, because if, if you and I mean, it's for travel because that's usually when you're really out of your element. And if, if you get sick or particularly if your kids get sick with something, you know, it's it's stressful. And it's like if you can have some stuff to go to and you kind of have a, a picture of, OK, well, what's going on? What can I do? How do I support it? When is it going maybe too far that now I need to look into something else? I just feel it, it sets the stage easier for everybody. A really common one when people travel is it can go either way. Traveler's diarrhea is definitely more common. And the reason is because we have these, part of our immune system, these um, secretory IgA levels lie in the mucosal membrane. That's kind of like our first line of defense against things. And when we travel or when we're stressed, they tend to lower. We get lower amounts of them. And probably because a lot of times when people are traveling, there's just, you know, unknowns there's all this kind of stuff so for a lot of people traveling can be stressful too so those levels drop a little bit so we become a little bit more susceptible to other things so it's easier to then get a bug especially if you're in a, a you know you're in mexico or if you're in thailand or somewhere where you might be a little bit more likely to get a bug you're going to be at a higher susceptibility so part of it is in the book is sort of well what can you even do ahead of time to offset that how do you actually raise and keep your IgA levels at a place where you have a stronger immune response? And then what are some of the other things that you can do to kind of prevent it? And then if you do get it, what are some of the things that you can do to actually try to mitigate it there on the spot? And um, do you want me to go into some of the different uh, things? Yeah, please. So what you'll learn when you go through this is you'll start to be able to piece together some of the key most important things to have on hand and in the course i'm going to really go into that and i'm actually going to teach people how to make some of your own powerful remedies for like pennies on what they actually cost and you can do that in a number of different ways but there's certain ones that i think are really really effective and how to kind of put those together so you can have your own like nasal sprays and throat sprays and stuff like that that work really well um, one of the things i think is really really helpful for something like traveler's diarrhea is having oregano oil with a certain percentage of uh, the active ingredient in it. And you can have that almost like if you were eating a meal, this is what something I'll always take on hand with me if I'm going out to a restaurant. And sometimes you almost get the feeling after you ate it, it's like, that was good, but it almost felt a little dodgy. Um, that would be a good time to take even a couple of drops of that right after your meal. Or if you're a little bit more on the sensitive side, I would do it right at the same time you're about to eat. So you've kind of always got something there to kill off any of the potential pathogens. How are you taking that in? Because oregano oil is a hot oil. And so I would do it. Yeah. Usually I put a couple of drops in like a little shot of water and just shoot okay. it back. You right. could do it as a capsule or something if you prefer. But that's a really, really good one. I found that to be so effective. A couple other things that can go along with that. A Lugol solution iodine can also be incredibly powerful treatment. Um, knowing how to use that at the first signs of getting diarrhea. I mean, one of the things um, that's come up over, even over the past few years, has just been definitely more information. I think bringing people awareness to different natural 
remedies that go outside of just going down a pharmaceutical route. And so like vitamin D has been really brought up into the forefront, zinc and quercetin, all these different things. Um, iodine also has been shown to be just, I think the, the power of it as an antimicrobial has gone really to the forefront as a broad spectrum. So that's a really powerful one that you can do right I, at the first signs I, as well. I got a, I got a question about um, iodine because it might've been, maybe it was David Avocado where somebody was talking about uh, inhaling it or something like that. Um, so yeah, what are, and do talk about that because I was kind of laughing the other day. I went over to, uh, I guess I'll just say a local store. I won't say names. And I couldn't, I was having trouble finding salt with iodine in it. It's, there's no iodine and probably you don't get enough iodine that way anyway, but what's the benefits of iodine? Why do we, why do we need that? And how much should we take? It's, it's again, that's sort of a dosage one. You probably want to check with um, your healthcare professional just to know for sure what you need. But generally iodine, it's such a funny one because in North America, the standard amount that is recommended is about 200 micrograms, very, very small amount. But this is sort of where this controversy around iodine comes up because then right. they, you know, back in the day, they originally did a bunch of studies in, in Japan and they were looking to see, well, why do Japanese people have such low levels of thyroid problems and thyroid cancer? And then they, one of the things they found was that they were having about 12 and a half milligrams of iodine a day, 12 and a half milligrams, where here we're told to have about 200 micrograms. Why? And so this is where there's this massive range, right? And then yeah. part of it is they, it said, well, if you take too much iodine, it can affect your thyroid in a negative way. But also if you have too little iodine, it can affect your thyroid in a negative way. So yeah. people basically <laughs> end up being just scared of taking anything. Yeah. I like to follow some yeah. of the doctors that I think have been doing this work in clinic for decades you know like dr brownstein he's he's one of the main guys that's done a lot of work with iodine and so there can be a massive range that people can use and like anything you need to kind of have it sort of figured out what's going to work for you and sometimes you should be measuring your thyroid function if you're doing a high dose of it but what i'm talking about is using it symptomatically for um a microbe. I'm not necessarily talking about that in, in order to like correct thyroid function, which it can play a major role, but should be used with selenium in that regard. If we're talking about it for the stomach, and I'll come back to your thing you mentioned about David Avocado too. Yeah. Um, there, it gets into so much stuff, Loretta. There's, there's so much. I know. It's, it's <clears throat> like I said, when I saw you were going to come onto the show and uh, I, I, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, I have too many questions. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and I love it. It's a fun, <laughs> it's all fun topics, but yeah. I mean, even throughout the whole past years, I mean, even the, um, uh, oh, the frontline doctors even had iodine as like number three on their right. list. Mm -hmm. Number three, like way, well ahead of even some of the more common medications you would hear of like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all these other things. It was way up there um, because it's such a good old school remedy that's kind of been moved out to the pasture in a lot of ways. So you can use it in different ways. Orally Lugal solution is the way that you can take it orally. We use provodone iodine when we will talk about that when we get to some of the other sections there. But yeah, topically iodine, like a two or 5% Lugal solution, um, anywhere from like five or six drops can be really, really powerful at the first signs of getting a traveler's diarrhea. Right. So um, 
I know you have more to say. We're going to take a station break. And obviously, you do not want to go away because <laughs> we have so much more information to cover and you really do need to hear this information in order to help regain your, you know, power back is what I'm going to say. Your ability to know that you can take care of yourself in so many wonderful ways. So this is Loretta Brown and my guest today, Dr. Jason Loken and Nature Care Solutions. Regain the confidence to care for yourself and your family. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, this is Eric Ryder, Operations Manager for 1150 AM KKNW. We value your opinion and invite you to 1150KKNW.com to fill out the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses help us to shape KKNW to your listening needs. As an added incentive, when you fill out the survey, you'll have a chance to win an awesome prize. Complete contest details and your opportunity to help us shape this station can be found at 1150KKNW.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back. I always love the music, Benny. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Hey, you make us look good. Thank you for your Mariners shirt. Yeah, yeah go. go Mariners. It's your year. Woo. Yeah, woohoo. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with my guest, Dr. Jason Loken. You can uh, find these shows. They're archived at the uh, KKNW 1150 AM archives. And of course, we're on iTunes, Podcast One, Megaphone, I did it, haha, <laughs> Twitter, YouTube, we're all over the place and you can listen to this show over and over again, take notes and make sure you get nature care solutions and that's what we're talking about. So, um, well, I, where do we want to jump in, Dr. <laughs> Loken? <laughs> where do we finish off? I think we just finished off talking about traveler's diarrhea. Yeah, we did. You Lovely. had asked me about um, yeah. inhaling iodine yes. i think that was what came up yeah so what came up around that and i i've actually put together a whole course on nebulizer treatments as well that will probably will probably launch somewhere probably in around maybe september okay. um because that's usually when i think people really start to kind of getting into fall people start to want to know some other things that they can do for that kind of stuff but that's what he's talking about is nebulizing. So nebulizer is basically a machine that has, is like an air compressor almost, but it, um, it aerosolizes a medication or a supplement, and then you put it on like a mask or a tube and you're breathing in the air. Um, I had to do that sometimes as a kid with asthma, so just with a saline solution. And so what um, some of the different doctors like um, Dr. Levy and Dr. Brownstein and Dr. Zelenko, I think, too, and other doctors, they were experimenting with using, well, a lot of them had used the nebulizer and using iodine and things like this for years for like flus and colds and all sorts of other stuff. It just became a, a larger sort of um, practice, I think, during just over the, the period of COVID because everybody's trying to figure out different things that they can do. And so 
they were using aerosolizing Lugol solution iodine. So it was usually a saline solution. And, and we, have an, we have a nebulizer here. It's the first thing I do with my kids. If they get the first signs of getting a stuffy nose or a cold or anything along those lines, then I will often, right away, I will get them on. My mother or my father-in-law is sort of in the four stages of leukemia. And whenever he is getting, whenever something is going on or if there's a bug that's around or something like that, I'll have him do that periodically. And it's like, it's a miracle. Like it really does a lot of times wipe it out significantly if you get on it right away. And so doctors like Brownstein and, and Levy would do the saline solution then they would do a drop of usually a 5% Lugol solution iodine, and then they would nebulize that. And so you got to remember, iodine is an incredibly powerful antimicrobial. It's like 99.9% .9 of all pathogens it can kill off in a very unique way. And wow. so when you aerosolize it, that does go in. Now, if people are iodine sensitive, they need to be aware of that or, or check into that. But generally, I've found that to be an incredibly safe and easy um, treatment that we do for our own family. Now, they also incorporated aspects of hydrogen peroxide with their treatment as well. And that was that again, again, this is something that you want to check out because when they hear that, if people don't know what they're doing, then they can do it wrong and it can be dangerous. Right. And yeah. then, then you see all sorts of stuff where it's like, oh my gosh, don't use that. That's, that's horrible. They were using like 10%, you know, Dr. Levy is using 0.04%. Like, so you have to kind of know what you're doing. That's why I'll eventually I'll do a, a course, I think breaking some of these different treatments down so that people know exactly what to do and how to do it. And these are things that I've done successfully for myself and for my kids and they're a first line treatment that we use. I find it um, right now, I think people, even if you just did a saline solution, like a 0.9% saline solution with a nebulizer, that's a really, really helpful. Saline's an antimicrobial. I mean, it, it's a disinfectant and it's a way of getting it into deep into the lung tissue that you just can't do by in other means. Yeah. Um, I'm also holding a neti pot right here. One of right. my favorite things. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, I just thought I'd show people in case people don't know what a neti pot is. And I know that, um, well, even oh. your children can use a neti pot. Yeah, my kids are, they, they knew how to do it at four and five. So we, neti pot, there was a study that even came out a while back um, and it was specifically looking at COVID, but it was saying it was just using a neti pot and a saline solution. And they basically said that if at the first, within 24 hours of a quote unquote diagnosis of it, that if you actually used a neti pot, you decreased your chances of hospitalization by eight times just wow. by doing a neti pot with saline solution. I mean, it's amazing. But a lot of times we don't think of these things as being powerful treatments because they seem so simple. But what, a lot of times all people need to do in regards to any microbe is lower the load enough that your body can then get on top of it. So there's a part of it is sometimes doing stuff to actively try to kill things off, but there's, and mustering up your own natural defenses and then just minimizing the load. You know, at the end of the day, if you go through and do a, a neti pot and clean this whole sinus area out, you are going to lower the overall load of that pathogen sitting there. Most of the time, the problem is that we just don't get rid of it. So it's like it builds and it builds and it builds. And then next thing you know, you're kind of overwhelmed by it. And then you're going to have a stronger reaction. And now you're going to go through the whole 
whole sort of sick phase of stuff. But if you can mitigate it and let your body kind of deal with it a lot faster, I, I just find that that works really well. Neti pot is just such a great way to even just get all the, we, my kids, we call them snot slugs. So it's like, go. And it's like, then you'll just see the goop come out. If it's like, if they're, if they're starting to get really snotty and it, it's just such a great way to even clean it out so that then you could even do maybe a, a specific type of um, natural antimicrobial nasal spray or something to get something up there. And we'll supercharge our neti pot. I'll take saline and I'll put a drop of provodone iodine. I might even put um, a little bit of hydrogen peroxide, 3% food grade. If you're ever going to use it for um, these types of purposes outside of topical, it has to be a food grade. And, um, and then you dilute it down from a 3%. But I would do a neti pot with myself, with the kids, and it would be saline with provodone iodine also lingers in the mucosal lining. So it can act like a barrier for up to two hours. So it's again, a really powerful one to do. And, and it's just adds layers of support over and beyond even just doing a saline solution. Um, during the break, I threw a lot of things at you, but you know, through the last few years, particularly a lot of people have come to me and they've been seeking what what can I do right to make sure that I don't get sick or if I've gotten sick what can I do and etc cetera, etc cetera. and they've run across all kinds of protocols and, and programs by a variety of people and I kind of said to you you know I, I'm, I'm observing people like doing too much like doing too much of this too much of that can, can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah. That also seems to be like a like a North American sort of way of doing things. <laughs> we kind of go all in and we think that more is better. And um, sometimes I've seen some of the laundry lists of things by by lots of different people. And it's all all in it all makes sense. You know, it's it's like it all is good information, but you'd never have to do everything. You know, it's like you're also this is part of this is the whole individuality part. You're really trying to figure out like what really is going to be most effective for you and part of this i also want people to, when you're when you're in a fear state you will do anything and that's part of the problem and you know again like you mentioned at the very beginning getting back to the heart a lot of times i will if i'm making any big decisions i will make sure i'm doing a process that gets me back into my heart center so that the information that i'm getting is not just up here i'm i'm connecting more to the intuitive nature of myself and i want to see what i'm feeling like in relation to different things. I think everybody should practice that. You can practice that with supplements. You can practice that with people. You can practice that with jobs, whatever you want to do, but, but sort of get more in tune with your own inner knowing. It will tell you in a lot of ways what you really resonate with and what you kind of feel like, ah, I'm not too sure. That's kind of more. Um, so <clears throat> you can take too much of certain things. Like I've had people coming in with vitamin D and I, and I'm, and I, I will, when I'm working with patients, I will often do a, a, a panel of looking at a lot of different nutrients that I want to see and get them into optimal zones. A lot of people are deficient, but some people are excess. If you're taking certain supplements regularly at a high dose, you can go too high, especially fat soluble vitamins are easy to go too high. Now, vitamin D has got a ton of information, but a, there's a problem with that too. A lot of people then take really high doses of vitamin D, like probably even over 10,000 IUs a day um, without checking it. And part of this is if you're going to take high doses, 
actually go get your blood levels of vitamin D checked, know where you are, and then from there, then you can usually sort of figure out a, a safe dose that will work for you. I have had people take 10,000 IUs a day for like a month because I've seen them so low. I'm trying to get them up. And then after about a month, I might taper them back down to maybe like three or 4,000 IUs a day as a, as a maintenance dose. And I measure it and I see that that sticks right in the sweet spot that they want to be in. Um, but I've had people taking high doses and they've been way too high. It's like, okay, well, that's not good. Now you've got to stop completely. Let that come back down. And um, vitamin A would be another one. People can take too much vitamin A because it's fat soluble. Zinc, usually people are, are very low in to begin with. So I don't usually find too much of a problem with zinc, but there are some people where zinc and copper are teeter-totter nutrients. So if you're taking too much zinc, you might get out of balance with copper. Now, the vast majority of time, that's the opposite. Copper is usually too high, zinc's low. Yeah. But it, again, it's one of those things that can be out of balance. So work with someone that can fine-tune you Make sure that um, if you're going to be taking stuff longer term, that you should really measure where you are so that you know if you're doing the right thing for you. And um, you don't have to do all of it. You know, there's yeah. a lot of overlap between different yeah. supplements. So even like in my stuff here, you could address some of the stuff that I talk about in the book in, you know, a dozen different ways. I'm showing you a couple of the ways that I really like that I think are easy to do and I think are very practical. But you could address it in combinations of different herbs. You could use iodine. You could use you know you could do it in different ways. I'm kind of showing you what I think is more accessible and what I've just found to be easy and, and also easy to take with me and and build remedies out of. So in your um, uh, natural first aid kit, like Okay, so I'm talking about taking people to Egypt or you're talking about Mexico or Thailand or someplace. What goes in? What what are you taking with you? What goes into that kit? <clears throat> there could be really a lot of different things and, and people will also kind of fine tune their own kit. So I don't necessarily have a specific kit that I've put together that I sell, not at the moment. Um, I link people to a full script account where you can see a lot of the supplements that we take specifically. So even on the on the web page, if you check check on the book, you can click a link where you can go right to an it's like an online dispensary where you can see the exact ones that we often carry. And some of them are combination remedies that we like. Um, outside of that, I think everybody should take with them a bottle of like a Lugal solution iodine. Uh, I think everybody should have that because it's so broad spectrum. You can use it topically, you can use it orally, you can put it in your neti pot, you could put it in a nebulizer. So it's like there's lots of yeah. lots of variation. And anytime you can get overlap with some of these things, I think they can be really effective. I also like colloidal silver. I think get a good quality one. And like I like the... Argentin 23 personally, but, but I mean, I've also had the machine, I've made my own colloidal silver too. So it's not that you can't yeah. do that, yeah. but you, you need to, you just need to understand how much you're taking. The, the problem is that sometimes people just end up taking too much because they think it's natural and it's safe. And it's like, that's not always the case. And you don't always need so much. So Something like that, though, again, I can put that, again, as a good antimicrobial that also works in unique ways because bugs are now used to seeing antibiotics and different medications, and they're, they're, they adapt. 
it's why we have so much troubles with a lot of antibiotics now. A lot of the herbal remedies and some of these things like iodine and colloidal silver and oregano, they act in very different ways to kill off bugs that the bugs can't actually sort of evolve around. So mm. you always can use that as a background. And then if you do need something, then I get it. Sometimes, you know, an antibiotic or something is necessary, but I would do so many other things before that would be my first choice. Yeah, I, I love that. So if we're on a trip, right, and the kids get tummy troubles, like you've talked a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So one other one. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so iodine, probably a provodone and a leucose solution. I'd take a colloidal silver that you could take because you could also put those in like spray bottles and you could use it topically. Um, I take colloidal silver and I'll mix it with an aloe and make up my own topical antimicrobial spray. Or I might do that with a little hydrogen peroxide and an aloe gel. Shake it all up and spray that on. Awesome. Super works super well. Um, magnesium is also a really important one. And magnesium, depending on what it's bound to, will have different effects on the body. Usually if I'm traveling, so magnesium can be a nice sort of calming effect on the nervous system, which can be really powerful. But it's also a great natural laxative if it's bound to something like a citrate or an oxide. So if you get traveler's constipation, which can be, re I mean, I remember going to a resort once and for a wedding and one of our friends, she was constipated the entire trip. Oh. And um, she came over, she's like, I don't know what's going on. It's been like four days. And I mean, it's just, you're just bloated. You can't eat. It, it feels awful. And I had a bunch of magnesium. So I gave her like a bunch of magnesium and she took it. And then the next day, it's like, it all came out. Um, the thing with magnesium, it's also huge safety profile. You're, for the most part, you're not going to really hurt yourself with magnesium. What you'll get is diarrhea if you take too much, which yeah. great. That's actually what you want to see happen <laughs> at that point. <laughs> So magnesium is another really great one to have on hand too. Yeah. What about fevers? <clears throat> fevers, a lot of it is training people to understand that fevers are actually a very powerful medicine and that you don't want to suppress a fever unless you absolutely have to. So we've kind of been really, you know, people like get, you know, 101 and a half and you're suppressing a fever and it's like, you've got a good range. That fever is designed to muster your immune defenses and that's designed to create a climate that the bacteria or virus or whatever it might be can't survive in. You just have to be careful if it starts to get to be too high. Personally, we've had fevers. I've had fevers of up at, you know, when I've had like a bad flu in the past where my fever's gotten just over 104. That's about where I'm sort of like, okay, I'm watching it very carefully if I'm getting sort of up in that range for myself or for my kids. So far, we've never had to suppress a fever for our kids. Uh, we've been able to manage it um, all the time. There's unique homeopathic remedies that I often find that I like for fevers because I'm not wanting to do something to necessarily dampen it down. So when I'm looking at fevers, I'm treating the underlying cause. I'm looking at what's, <clears throat> what is the infection or what is going on that's, mount, that's causing us to mount a response. So I want to support the body to deal with it. And then I want to mitigate as much as I can. We also incorporate different aspects of hydrotherapy and things like that and home care stuff that you can do to help bring the fever down a little bit if you need to, to help bring some comfort. Watch, keep really hydrated and keep your electrolytes up. 
the fears for most fevers are that parents think if a fever goes too high, your kid's going to have a seizure. Now that is a possibility, but usually has to be quite a high fever. And it's usually when they're dehydrated and they have their, their electrolytes are out of balance. So keeping hydrated, keeping electrolytes balanced are really um, helpful to be able to just make sure that you're managing that well. And then if it starts to get too high, have something like that you can use your temper or something like that if you absolutely needed it. But so much of the time you, you can just ride it out. And I know then when my kids have had a fever and I've ridden it out and I've supported them the whole thing, um, they, they develop a really strong immune system. Yeah. And, they, and they've also, they also now know they can go through it. Part of it's like, we're not used to dealing with stuff that's uncomfortable. So we usually suppress our discomfort and there's so much growth that takes place in discomfort on all levels. So if we can even stay with things like a fever and just support it properly and ride through it and be there with the kids the whole time and, and watch them and, and really pay attention to how they're doing. And then their homeopathics, you can narrow down and support in specific ways uh, depending on this unique symptoms. So the homeopathics I talk about all kind of have unique symptom pictures. So you can kind of see where are we at, which one makes the most sense. And then you can use those as well. But yeah, most of the time you don't have to. Yeah. So where do people find you? We are down to the end. Where do people find you? And what's the last thing you want to say to people? Yeah, you can go to inspirehealthpodcast.com and that you'll see all of the stuff that we do. Um, we run series often. So right now we're actually doing a really, um, really interesting series called Life, Death and Beyond Exploring Our Greater Reality. And we're talking to a lot of people, near death experiencers and all this just to try to actually diffuse a lot of fears around the whole process of death and everything too. Um, but we've done a lot of different series you'll find interesting on there. You can also click books um, there too and you'll see the book and you'll get information on that and you can purchase it from the website and you'll see we're creating a whole platform called inspire life multiversity and we're going to be that's where we're going to be housing a lot of different courses that are going to take information that we've done or information with guests and we're going to create online courses to really make that practical and tangible that's kind of where we are now is we need to not just be in here we need to know how to do it and feel it in our bodies so that's where we're going to be doing the courses so click that you'll see the nature care solutions course there and just click uh, for the waiting list and then we'll send you information on that as soon as it's available all right. So, um, Dr. Jason Loken, thank you so much for being on the show. We didn't barely cover anything, but thank you. You got us started in the right direction for everybody out there, nature care solutions. And I just recommend you go and get that book and connect with Dr. Jason Loken. Uh, he's going to be able to help you with all kinds of information. Have a great week, everyone. Get ready. Goodbye, March. Hello, April. Go Mariners.